0: You're listening to Sustainably Geeky, the podcast for everyday environmentalists.
1: Hi, and welcome to Sustainably Geeky. I'm your host, Jennifer, and this is a bonus episode number 22. Um, It's just me today on the show. Our normal crew isn't here. I am actually going to be talking about a trip I took early March of 2020 to the Living Lands and Waters Alternative Spring Break. And for those of you that listen to the show, you may remember we interviewed the founder of that organization, Chad Fugracki, back in December of 2019. You can listen to um, that interview on episode 18. And that's where we kind of talked to Chad about the organization, how it got started, and the work that they do, the importance of water quality and uh, waterways in our you know, natural environment. So after that interview, Chad extended an invitation for me to come check out their Alternative Spring Break program in Memphis in March, and I took him up on it. I picked the first week of the Alternative Spring Break program, which is normally three weeks, and I was only able to come out for a couple days, but... um, It turns out that was the absolute best week to pick because uh, they had to unfortunately cancel the rest of the spring break trips due to the COVID-19 outbreak and folks um, not being able to travel and then the shelter-in-place orders that went into effect. So I was really sad to hear that they had to cancel the last two weeks of the program, but I know that the uh, week that I was there and the folks that um, were there volunteering did a lot of great work And I'm really happy that that we were able to at least um, do some cleaning up while we were there and make a difference along the river for that short amount of time. So I have to say this was one of the most rewarding experiences I've ever had. Um, I got to go and not only participate myself in this amazing opportunity to uh, clean our, our natural world, but I also got to see dozens of students out there uh, cleaning and busting their butt, doing physically demanding work in sometimes, you know, not the best weather, um, but doing it with a smile on their face and knowing that we're all making a difference and we're all coming together to do this great big project. And it was um, very encouraging to see folks that came from all over the country to clean this, this little strip of the Mississippi River and everyone was just so welcoming and uh, encouraging in everything that I did. So I really appreciate the hospitality of the Living Lands and Waters crew and um, the energy that they brought this is definitely an organization that practices what it preaches they don't just go out there and clean up uh, the river and then go home and use disposable items or not recycle i mean they are using reusable plates and uh, silverware and then washing it all on the barge Um, they are repurposing things when they can everything that they collect gets sorted and recycled and we'll hear a little bit more about that later Um, so again like it was just really cool to see them um trying not just to to clean up the rivers but trying to do things to prevent the trash from getting there in the first place so i'm excited to share with you guys some of the interviews i did while i was out in memphis and uh I apologize in advance if some of the audio is a little hard to hear or a little uneven. Uh, We were outside a lot in the thick of things, so there was a lot happening. There was some wind blowing, but I think you'll uh, see that it kind of just adds to the experience. And I hope that you enjoy uh, hearing from the folks that I got to meet while I was there. The first person I want to introduce is Chad Bergracki, of course, the founder of Living Lands and Waters. And we got to talk to him in episode 18 about how the organization got started and why. Uh, so now I'm I'm really talking more about the Alternative Spring Break program and how folks can get involved in the organization. So Chad, kind of tell us what, what's happening this week and the next two weeks, if you don't mind.
2: Yeah, we're... Uh... We're we're hosting Alternative Spring Break, which is focused um, for college students for the three weeks in March, and each week we have roughly, oh, between, I think one week we have like 60 students, and uh, and like 80 students, and 100 students, so, um, and they're out here helping us in McKellar Lake, which is a backwater of the Mississippi River, removing tons of of garbage, mainly plastic bottles. Yesterday, for instance, with uh, about 100 four different universities we were able to do about seventeen thousand pounds in about seven hours. So um wow. it's a very noticeable difference so it's kind of rewarding but uh it's also pretty disgusting you know, <laughs> you know as far as like there's just a lot of trash. Yeah, I and mean, you have that times
1: uh three weeks, five days a week, three weeks, so that adds up pretty quick and um what do you what do you guys do with all this trash once you pick it up?
2: So we put it on uh, barges and we sort it out based on what it is, and um, you know, like tires on one barge and the batteries and propane tanks in a different spot, uh, um, and and hard plastics over here, and then, but the bags that majority of what we're picking up today will then be sorted out with large groups, and and we tear the bags back open and uh, and we sort everything out the whole barge so that some years we've done it, like in two or three hours, we've been able to wow. sort everything out. So all the plastic bottles are sorted out. And then we have a thing with John Deere. We're going to be able to uh, um, work with them. And, and actually, yeah, it's going into a gator part, like a John Deere gator mm-hmm. on the side. So they just did their first prototype. So pretty cool oh, stuff. Cool. Yeah. With
1: the bottles, you mean? Yes. Oh, wow. That'll be neat to see. Um, yeah, I've been, uh, helping pick up trash. And then yesterday I was doing the, the trash boat, which is the boat that goes around and picks the trash up after everyone collects it. And that's some hard work. Yeah, yeah, It's, it's a lot of, uh, slinging and throwing and lifting, but, uh, it was really rewarding to see these, you know, big old boatfuls of trash just dumped back on the barge and then knowing that it's going to be kind of put where it needs to go instead of
3: back in our river. So, yeah,
2: no, it's, uh. That, that's one of the most rewarding jobs out here, actually, yeah.
3: um,
2: just because, uh, yeah, you're seeing instant results. You're going in yeah. and picking up piles, and then the boatload, the boat is, it's taller than you the boatload of garbage, so. Yeah, so
1: what uh, made you guys think to start this
2: alternative spring break program? It was uh, it was actually just by kind of an accident. I was, uh, like, I do a lot of speaking at different colleges around the country, and and, and a lot of these actually that are here, I've spoke to in the past and that's how they got introduced to us. Cool. Um, so I was at a Baptist school about an hour south of Atlanta, probably 12 <laughs> years ago or more. And I just, at the end of my talk, I just, I just asked, I just was like, Hey, if anybody wants to come and help out, I can use all the help I can get.
3: Yeah. Three weeks
2: later, <laughs> they, they rolled in in two vans to uh, Owensboro, Kentucky where the barge was and. And, and it was amazing, like how much enthusiasm, enthusiasm they brought, but also like just how much we got done. Yeah. And it was, wasn't like a cleanup where it was just like three or four hours. It was like, you know, for four days, eight hours a day and the difference we made and just a bunch of things. I thought, you know, if this worked for one school, this will work for a lot of different schools in different places. So I just started mentioning it wherever I went and spoke and then. And then, uh, you know, we have a marketing person that helps us get the word out about what we do, and so they help too, and, yeah. and uh, it's been, it's one of our most successful programs.
1: Yeah, so now you have a formal process where they just contact you through the website, right, mm-hmm. and uh, yep. say, I want to bring my kids out for these yep. three weeks, and or one of these three weeks, and uh, and then once, you know, they get that situated, you guys kind of set up the hotel and the, the logistics as far as where to be and
2: food and everything, right? Yeah, no, nope. and... and it is cool to see people have come from I mean, Texas, California, I mean, Memphis right here, I mean, all over New York, mm-hmm. Florida, you name it, just, uh, it's really cool, and, and honestly, as I said to the students this morning, it, it really is uplifting for us to work side by side with them, because the enthusiasm they carry, and uh, positivity, and, and they're the, you know, they truly are the future. Yeah. You know?
1: So. yeah and you're you're keeping these waters clean for them and their kids and their kids kids so that's pretty awesome I think they
2: see the <laughs> tangible feedback or, you know and 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 the students that choose to come and do something bigger themselves uh you know that's just good people to be around but like I was working with a couple of Texas A&M students yesterday and I think two of them are biomedical engineering or you no know, chemical engineers that's what they're going into PhDs and they might be the next people to, to, to help solve this problem of trash, you know, and, and, uh, and, and being exposed to this might help them sort of focus in on, on, something. Yeah. You just never know. Yeah. That's what's cool about what we do. We, we can see the tangible results and then you don't get to see the real results. Yeah. Sometimes as far as the impact you're making beyond, uh, the actual physical.
1: That's a good point. Uh, a lot of times people are so focused on the here and now, but, but you guys have a really long term view of everything and, um, even you know beyond just picking up trash, you're you're kind of teaching these kids. Um, after the fact, you're sitting down with them. You're, you're giving them lessons. You're you're explaining you know why things are important and showing them, leading by example. So I think that's awesome that you're going that extra you know mile and and really educating, not just okay, we're picking up trash and that's it. So <laughs> no,
2: that's that's kind of just uh, you know it's all encompassing and it takes everything to make a big change. And yeah, that's really. I didn't start out with a grand plan, but now it is—it is about making the change and sustaining the change. And, and, and uh, you know, it's podcasts like this. It's you know, we're working the last few days with the National Geographic film crew, and that they're helping get the word out. I mean, that's that's how movements happen. Yeah. Uh, nowadays, so yeah. thank
1: you for the opportunity. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, you're always looking for sponsors and volunteers, yeah. right? Yeah, so. Yeah. People are interested in getting involved. It's uh, livinglandsandwaters.org. Yep. And anything else you want to plug while we're talking?
2: or No, just uh, if anybody's interested in spring break, let us know. And, All right. Uh, we appreciate it.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I can attest to that. So, <laughs> Thanks, Chad. Thank you. Chad has so much energy and was such a delight to talk to. Um, it was really inspiring to see you know, how he came from being a one-man operation and now has this industrial strength river cleanup facility. And everyone involved in the organization, whether volunteers, staff, or just, you know, supporters of their work, uh, so enthusiastic. So if you want to learn more about Chad's story and how he came uh, to start Living Lands and Waters, you can check out his book From the Bottom Up by Chad Fergracchi, of course, and uh, learn more about how he came to do what he's doing. So now I want to transition to some interviews I did with some of the volunteers and staff um, that were at the term Spring Break. I got to talk to several students from Monmouth College in Illinois, and I have to say that they really gave me hope for for our future. Um, They're so passionate about... Helping the world and about um, these river cleanups, so it was it was really inspiring for me, and I hope that you find the same. I have Amanda, Maddie, Mason, Alex, and Liam. So thank you guys for talking to me today. Um, okay, I know we have a few people that have been here several times. So tell me how how many times you guys have all done this.
3: I've been here two
0: years. That's my second time. This is my third year. This is my first time.
1: Okay, so we have a lot of returning veterans here. Um, obviously, coming back means that you, you enjoyed it or you at least got something out of it. So can you guys kind of tell me you know, what made you sign up in the first place and then why you decided to come back?
4: So <laughs> we are in a, a leadership organization called Stock-Up um, And one thing that we really don't get to do a lot on campus is use the things that we learn in this organization, um, in like normal day-to-day activities. So taking a trip like this on Spring Break, where we have just a week where we can practice these uh, skills that we have learned and stuff, um, it really makes us develop as leaders and helps us to develop those skills so we can use them um, more efficiently and uh, more effectively in our in the future.
1: Awesome, real world application. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, awesome. So, uh, Anybody else?
5: Uh, I, mean, I was just gonna say the reason why I came back was just the, um, you really eye opening to see on the impact. That, I mean, we're doing what we're doing. It didn't seem like much, but every every little bit counts. And I mean, I just came back because I like to try to do somewhat of a difference. And this mm-hmm. is a good step. Um, I don't really get much time in the school year to do anything, mm-hmm. so my spring break is my chance to get back and just, have, and even though it's giving back, it's still a little bit of me time. Mhm. It's,
3: it's nice. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Besides what the two boys already, I also think that not only do we get to like practice like the things that need. To, like give back and actually be part of like the experience, but like, I think you also get a lot out of it. It's like we got a lot closer like with our mm-hmm. friends. We got to like experience people who actually like, took their dream, went out, and like made it into a real thing in the world. So I think that's really inspiring,
1: especially for people our age. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Awesome. Anybody
5: else have anything to add or? Um, we get to meet a lot of new people from other schools too, which is really nice. Like coming from a smaller school, we don't get to meet a lot of bigger school yeah. students, so it's nice to get a little bit more exposure to other people as
0: well. For sure. Yeah. Anything else? Oh, I mean, it's my first time, but so I talk to all of them. Like, it doesn't feel like, like it's work. It feels like, not work, but it doesn't feel like we're doing things. Like, it feels like we're hanging yeah. out with friends, and at the end
1: of it, you're like, wow, I did something, but it's, like, effective at the end. Yeah. So uh, tell me about this group that you're a part of. I'm assuming that's kind of, y'all are all in the same group. What What are this? does uh, the group do that you were saying you don't get to really apply as much, I guess? Well,
3: technically, we're a Stonished Leadership and Service group. So those things that we check focus on the most, obviously, we apply scholarship because we're in college, so we have to, mm-hmm. but then we take, like, the leadership things that we learn, and we can apply them a little bit to campus, but, like, coming to things like this, you can apply to, like, a bigger, like, a, right. on a bigger scale, and, like, you to see how, like, these things that we learn actually like, affect other people, not just the people we're with every day.
1: Yeah, cool. And I know you guys have a lot of uh, options for things you can do on spring break, go home, go parties. As Chad said, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that, that college students techni- uh, typically do, but, Coming to you know, spend a week with complete strangers, other than yourself, to clean up a river is a pretty cool thing. So I commend you guys for that. That's that's pretty awesome. Um, I think he said that we did seventeen thousand pounds just yesterday, yep. one day. That's incredible. But it's like, oh my god, that we're gonna they're gonna be here for three weeks. So, uh, you know, that's just insane that it keeps coming back every year. So how do you guys like like what has this done to kind of change your outlook on you know, the way you consume things or the way you just live your life because obviously you're seeing the trash that you know you probably have thrown similar stuff away
5: yep. in your everyday. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like beforehand, I was always like stick stickler about when people put but now, especially coming back, it's really, um, sets into my mind, like I see people littering, like, of course, when I get at them, I'm a little bit more um, conscious when it comes to purchasing um, stuff like that. So I just always try to make sure I'm throwing my trash away, I'm putting it where it needs to go, and same for the people around
0: me. Yeah. I think it's crazy how much like we, we have picked up in like, the 17,000 pounds or whatever, and you still see it all over the beaches and in the trees and stuff, and like even in the places we go, and he'll be like, okay, it's time to get in the boat, there's still a bunch yeah. everywhere.
1: You're like, I don't want to leave, there's too much.
0: <laughs> and like, I mean, personally, my family doesn't let us have water bottles in the house. Like That was my dad's thing, he was like, no water bottles anymore. I don't know. I mean, one family can do it, but I think everyone needs
1: to like figure that out. So, yeah. yeah. A lot of water bottles, a lot of, like, styrofoam plate you know, bits, and cups, and... It, cups it and... shows, like, where
4: uh, the industrial America has to move to, so we can mm-hmm. start being be more environmentally conscious mm-hmm. and away from yeah. the styrofoam and plastics to more of the
3: reusable things. So
5: make yeah. will make it a lot, a lot better for the, for the environment. Did you... Oh, go ahead. Um, majority of the stuff is just single-use plastics. Yeah. Like, you use it one time, and then after that, yeah. like, that's like
0: that's it's lifestyle and it's, yeah it's a waste. and the styrofoam doesn't break down
1: either like it breaks yeah. into small pieces and mm-hmm. to get it's kind of hard for us to pick up too so. it's yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, so. it's labor intensive yeah uh, i read a statistic once that said every piece of plastic ever made still exists yeah. which is pretty like deep. awful when you think about it but it puts it in perspective mm-hmm. so we use something yeah the average lifespan of, of a spoon or a straw is what like a few minutes and yeah. if it's, it's around forever we we don't use it very long so or i think
2: <laughs> yeah
1: so how do you guys think we get people to kind of i mean other than coming to do a few days of a cleanup on a river like this to kind of see the importance because before this you know you may not have even known that the problem was this big or what do you guys think is this part of the solution here I, yeah i think it's
3: people like. If you can yourself to, for like us to go back and to talk to like people at our school and like, mm-hmm. like it's just like a chain reaction like yeah and also for things like this podcast like Maggie mm-hmm. geo doing like stuff on like exposure mm-hmm. and experience and teaching absolutely i also
0: think it's not just like telling
3: people but like showing pictures because in mm-hmm. my brain like when you guys were talking about
0: it i like had no idea how bad it actually mm-hmm. is
5: until i saw it yeah, yeah. so like, at least it helps nowadays with technology that like with snapchat like i will mm-hmm. post on my story mm-hmm. and like showing and, like just how many people will it's crazy on how much that is, and it's like that. At least it helps that nowadays we can easily show pictures, show videos, and um, kind of get
3: more of a spread. Yeah,
1: on we if we are. each kind of share in our network, is it grows important? a little bit. Yeah,
3: I think so. Um,
1: cool. Well, um, anything else you guys want to add about this week or this experience, like what you've gotten from it, or how you feel about, about it? Maybe encourage other people to come do it sometime.
4: I, I when I first came here my freshman year, and I'm a junior now. I did not yeah. think I would
1: enjoy. I don't.
4: This is my third year coming back, and it's one of the most self fulfilling experiences I've had in my college experience in my life.
5: It's awesome. Um, so, it, it,
4: like, if you're listening to this, just come out and mm-hmm. really
5: like, experience this. It's yeah, changing. Do something. You know, like it doesn't have to be as like what we're doing, coming down to Memphis or, or coming sure. out anywhere. Just do something. Even in your, uh, in your house, just um, one one thing. If you can do one, one thing, and everyone just does one mm-hmm. thing that they can change about like their lifestyle, like how they do it, what they're doing. It's gonna make a difference. It's gonna do something. What is that? Walking outside
4: and see a water bottle pick it up
1: in a trash can. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a glow it. Yeah. Yes. It's a great great tips and we really appreciate you guys being here and um con- continue doing good things in the world. So as you can see, these students really have their priorities in line and I think they've got a really bright future ahead of them. Uh, this was just a sampling of the almost 100 students that participated in the week that I was there. And of course, normally this impact would be tripled because the Alternative Spring Break program would go for three uh, weeks out of the year, and like it has in previous years, so you can really see um, how over time this program has made a big difference in the world. And before I move on with uh, the rest of our interviews, I do want to give a shout out to Olive Branch High School. Had a river cleanup this Saturday before the alternative spring break cleanup started. And I actually got to participate with them. Uh, They came out first thing on a Saturday morning and uh, picked up a lot of trash along the river. And it was just a lot of fun uh, to and, and, again, very inspiring to see these kids out there giving up a Saturday to help uh, the community. They've been doing this for years so uh, kudos to you guys and I hope that you continue uh, you know serving the community and doing great things into the future. My next interview was with Evan Clark and he is a boat driver for Living Lands and Waters who comes down seasonally usually for their alternative spring break. He's also a self-proclaimed river rat and Evan was a wealth of knowledge about the river, river cleanups, and just sustainability in general. I really enjoyed talking with him and getting to know him over the course of the time that I was in Memphis. So here is our interview. So Evan, kind of tell us what you do for them and how you got involved with the organization, if you don't mind.
6: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I'm a river rat, <laughs> is how that happened, um... I think I first met Chad in like, I want to say maybe like 99 or 2000 when me and somebody's built boats and we're going down the Mississippi River. And uh, we've been hearing about Chad for a little while before I ran across them. And uh, we're super inspired. You know, these people have been uh, figured out how to, um, you know, not only make a living on the river, you know, um, but, you know, to do really good work out there and, yeah. you know, just being boat nerds as well. We were super, uh, <laughs> jealous of all their sweet boats <laughs> and, uh, I think we volunteered with them the first time, um, and just hung out, uh, then, then I ran into him a couple more times on subsequent river trips and, uh, I just kind of knew that he was out there for a long time, but just in the last couple of years reconnected mm-hmm. and, uh, um. Uh, just went out to visit a couple of times, volunteered a couple of days, and then started to get called in on these uh, uh, alternative spring break yeah. uh, uh, cleanups.
1: So it sounds like Chad was kind of a legend, you know, in, in, yeah. uh, in the circles that yeah. uh, that you run in. And, and uh, is that you know just kind of because of the work he was doing, or his personality, or both? Because it seems like he's got a very uh, magnetic
6: personality yeah. and he, he, people just love kind of working with him, You're yeah, scary. absolutely, yeah, no, um, it was really just uh you know, I think the thing that drew me uh you know and like made us know about the merlin was just that uh they are river people doing river stuff, you know, I mean, he's died in the mud river rat, you know, yeah. and uh you know, so anything that had to do with people, you know, doing things other than, you know, only just working on towboats and, you know, it's still pretty rare that people are commercial fishermen and then you know, to do really, uh, really cool work like river cleanup was yeah. just, you know, was just dreamy. So <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, what are they doing? Who are they? Yeah, and then, Yeah, just sweethearts and badasses. So, yeah. yeah.
1: So, uh, talk about kind of, I guess, your role with the alternative spring break. What do you do, and uh, what what makes you keep coming back for more?
6: All right, because <laughs> I can't get enough. Um, let's see. Well, I trailer my boat down, um, and I guess that's, uh, you know, beginning of March for uh, three weeks. I have a you know, heavy-duty John boat, pretty similar to what they use, and... Um, and uh, yeah, they hire me on to mostly run a garbage boat for them. They have their boats in their organization taking out the volunteers um, to do cleanup along the riverbanks. And then uh, I shuttle my boat around and uh, pick up all the bag piles and get them back to the barges and do whatever whatever other little odd jobs pop up that they need a higher gun for. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, this is hard work. I mean... I've been riding in the garbage boat with evan all day today and uh, we we probably chunked what 300 bags of trash over the course of the day some of those multiple times yeah <laughs> we, had to, <laughs> we had to offload and unload a few times but
6: um i mean everything's multiple times really because yeah. we're loading everything into the boat and you know you know three people are handling each bag going yeah. into the boat and going back out again yeah it's a it's a lot of
1: work. Yeah, so uh, let's talk a little bit about the process. You already said, you know, the the students pick it up mm-hmm. and then you go around with your boat and uh, haul it to the barge. And then once it's on the barge, it uh, gets put in another part of the, the boat, or, correct?
6: Yeah, like tomorrow morning, you know, so we filled up that barge halfway today. Um, You know, when bags are pretty much full because we couldn't toss any more bags over the pile (laughs) we made. But uh, um, so it's technically full. Um, And uh, so tomorrow morning they'll get, you know, some portion of the hundred kids that they have out here this week to... Uh, hang out and kind of make a human chain Mm -hmm. and we'll handle all those bags all over again and load them out to the other barge back into the trash cage. Yeah. Um, And that'll take a couple of hours to clear off the barge. And so we're ready to flip more bags on it uh, tomorrow.
1: We were talking a little bit earlier about sustainability and and why it's important to you um, personally, you know, what are your thoughts on this and and what do you hope um, to, if you, if you could share a message with the, with our listeners, kind of, um, you know, what what's your hope for the future and, and how people kind of change their
6: outlook on sustainable living? Yeah, I think about all of that a lot, and I'm trying to think of the best way to kind of fit it uh, into a format that won't take you know uh, three <laughs> hours. Because <laughs> yeah, cause, you know, living and working in this world, like I do, you know, I have a lot of different thoughts, I and mean, I guess. You know, uh, on the big picture, you know, I think we were talking about it the other day, you know, some of the um, things that I'd really like, you know, to see and that I really hope that I'm uh, effectively working towards is um, uh, hopefully just trying to slow shit down a little bit. Um, And so, you know... Uh we, as a you know society, and I can only talk about this Western world that I live in, but um can get a second to start to be able to be less stressed and think about um you know and be able to think about uh longer term uh you know gains i mean it's really obvious that you know you know, and and all the numbers bear it out that, you know, folks who um, are doing well, you know, who make a lot of money are the biggest recyclers and, you know, the best long-term thinkers, Um, and, you know, if you're caught up in a, you know, this, in a really terrible, like, cycle of poverty, you end up having to make a lot of decisions that, you know, I mean, I've lived them too, and I've, you know, called them poor people decisions that, like, you make when you, um, you know, when you're just under a lot of stress and can't necessarily, um, you know, plan and think about the, the long term, you know, as, uh, as as best as possible. Um, I guess that's my big level thinking on it. Um, and I guess on the small level, just you know, my own life and where it comes into play is I'm just a tinker, <laughs> and it's a great. Uh, a great influential force, you know, to bring into, you know, things, you know, when you're thinking about things at a larger level is, you know, how can you kind of adjust, you know, the way you do things and think about things or act in things or which things, you know, which decisions you make can actually have the deepest effects on people. And I'm going to throw in one third, one, two, to keep it under three hours, (laughs) uh, which is, um, You know, I think taking people out on the river, which I do up in Pittsburgh, you know, with two of my jobs up there and out here, you know, my biggest hope is that uh, as as this work relates to rivers, um, that I can, you know, just show and share like a little bit of my love for rivers and, you know, that, um, you know, can maybe build the thing in people that causes them to become, you know, little bit better stewards of of the world that they live in because they have that that love for these you know still wild and natural and beautiful places.
3: That's awesome. I yeah. love it. I love all yeah.
6: of it. <laughs> yeah. We do. Yeah.
1: Inspire other people and, and lead by example. And yeah, it's it's and it's very true what you said. Uh, a lot of these issues uh, kind of stem back to economics, right? Like. Um, people do what they can, but if they don't know any better or they can't afford any better, uh, you know, that kind of perpetuates the cycle. So we need to kind of look at this on a macro level from, you know, why are people making these decisions? Why are they not able or willing to do some of the things that, um, that we think need to be done? So.
6: Yeah. How, yeah. Do, you, how do you, uh, kind of cause some of those or, you know, shed some light on you know those cultural shifts yeah. that, you know, we, you know, able to sure. uh, be able to see yeah all right
1: well uh thank you for talking to me um do you Absolutely. want to plug your uh organization one more time and kind of all tell right. folks where they can find you online and you know support your group if you
6: if yeah yeah i mean if anybody's ever up in pittsburgh and wants to come do river cleanup with us up there uh, i work with uh, allegheny cleanways and uh, you can find us this and uh, what we do is a river cleanup is uh, called tireless project on that website, and uh, you know we're always looking for volunteers spring, summer, fall, um, cool. and then uh, yeah, cool. yeah, come on out, that's hang cool. out on the river.
1: You guys are on all, all the
6: social media, taken and- uh, yeah, I take it. yeah, I think we're on the Instagram and <laughs> probably the Facebook, but Facebook. that's what I'm not as close to. <laughs> but yeah, and then just the worldwide interwebs. So. Cool.
1: So definitely check out Allegheny Clean Ways, and if you are interested in getting involved with river cleanups where you live, check to see if there's a similar organization near you. If not, then Living Lands and Waters offers free resources and supplies to local organizations and individuals interested in starting their own river cleanups. And here's their marketing director with more information on that and other ways you can get involved with their organization. Great. I've got Leah Caffarelli here, and Leah, what is your uh, title for Living Lands and Waters? I am our
7: marketing manager and a program coordinator.
1: Okay. So, what does that mean exactly? What do you
3: What do you do for the group?
7: So, I take care of all the marketing, media, web, graphic design. Um, kind of a one man show here, since we're a smaller crew, um, which is half my role or even just kind of a part of what I do here the <laughs> small portion um and then I run our alternative spring break program which we're working on right now um, um and then along with that since we're such a small crew kind of we get our hands and everyone gets their hands in all the pots so I do I'm a deckhand and I go out <laughs> on river cleanups and I help out with events and yeah live on in the, the barge, barge you know most of the year so.
1: yeah uh, I met Leah on saturday which is her birthday and uh we
7: you know we're
1: doing a cleanup with a high school kid uh kids that was actually the first one of the year right yeah so i got to see her in action and um she definitely wears a lot of hats in addition to the marketing and everyone on the crew really just mm-hmm. jumps in everywhere so it was pretty awesome um to see so you you're the person that if anyone's ever contacted you know, through Facebook or email, that mm-hmm. probably talk to them, right? Yep. yep.
7: Yes, I handle all the correspondence okay. through
1: there. Awesome. So she is the one that you want to talk to if you're interested in getting involved with the organization or getting mm-hmm. your group involved in a cleanup. And can you talk a little bit about how people can do that, whether it's through this alternative spring break or, um, you know, I know you guys do a lot of cleanups throughout the year with other groups. Mm-hmm.
7: Yeah. So we work in a lot of different areas, um, since our, you know, house and operation is really mobile. Um so it kinda just go off of where you're at and what you wanna do. So, you know, um if we're coming to your area, um, sometime throughout the year, um obviously you can come out for a rubber cleanup. We do community cleanups like Thursday through Saturday during our cleanup season, which is March to we kind of shut it down with volunteers around November, since it gets pretty cold. Um, we also do educational workshops um, out on the barge and then in the Quad Cities. Um, so this year we'll be in on the Illinois River primarily, um, but then you know we get a lot of people in other parts of the country where we're not, where we can't really get to, um, and everyone can help out. We have our Adopt a River Mile program. Um, so, that's where we kind of sponsor your cleanups. So, we gear you up with gloves and bags and some guidance and tips and even, like, a metal marker sign. It kind of goes along with, like, Adopt-A-Highway. Awesome. Um, so, anyone can get out there and clean up and host their own cleanup if they find, you know, a problematic area. Um, we have a similar program on the Mississippi River, which is the Great Mississippi River cleanup that we have. And and yeah, we also have a Million Trees Project in our invasive species removal projects, um, and those are more quad city yeah. based. Um, so Illinois.
1: Awesome. So um, there are a lot of ways to get involved, obviously, and um, it sounds like you know whether whether it's a you know a few individuals or a big group of people, you guys have figured out a way to give people an opportunity to help clean America's waterways, which yeah. is your, your mission, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, does this cost money if,
7: if groups want to do this? Like how is this all funded? Um, so well, it doesn't cost money for anyone to come and volunteer with us, um, but it does, you know, donations and corporate sponsorships are what powers our organization. Um, so luckily a lot of our sponsors, cause we're, we're primarily, Um, run on corporate sponsorships. Um, And then, you know, that kind of gears our schedule to what what we do throughout the year and where we go. So like our one of our bigger sponsors are Procter & Gamble over in Cincinnati. And so each year we, you know, bring our fleet over to Cincinnati and do a large scale cleanup with them. Um,
1: And that's with their staff
7: yeah cool with their staff over at their headquarters
1: yeah so they're not only giving money but they're also
7: giving time yeah uh, they give a lot of volunteer power anheuser Busch is another one they've given us so many you know volunteers and john deere which is more towards um our home base in east Mm -hmm. moline um we always work with john deere you know they are always helping us at like our restoration projects over there so yeah whether you're giving money or not we want to work with you but it is you know that's what drives us is right. sponsorships and yeah
1: this relating. stuff i mean costs money obviously to run a barge to feed mm-hmm. everybody um and you're feeding all the volunteers you know for this spring break for three weeks um and the crew yeah. you're feeding uh, or you're you're having to get fuel and um mm-hmm pay the employees and, you know, the folks that are coming out from out of town to to run the boats and everything. So obviously um, you make it as cost effective for people to, to join you. But if there's uh, anyone out there that wants to help with donations or you have a connection, Mm -hmm. you know, you're always looking for more. Yeah. Then you can do more with it. Right.
7: And it's, you know, our, our cleanup is industrial strength is what we call it. And, one of the only industrial strength river cleanups so you know to move our barge somewhere you know costs a a lot of money and even in-kind donations are Mm -hmm. are huge for us so when our barge um donors you know donate their their captains or they move our barges for us Mm -hmm. for free the in-kind donations are you know huge too that's a pretty cool uh
1: you know, network that you guys have built in the last, what, 20 years? Yeah. I mean, not just your, your sponsors, but the fact that they are working, you know, with you, giving you that labor
3: mm-hmm. or, or
1: whatever the, the equipment. I mean, you guys have three barges five. now, five mm-hmm. barges, and, and an excavator on one of them, mm-hmm. and several boats, um, yeah. you know, all of that stuff adds up. And, and I know a lot of that was kind of gifted to you guys, but a lot of it was purchased with funds mm-hmm. that you got donated as well. So, yeah. Um, that's, that's a really incredible, you know, just relationship building. Is that, has that been kind of, um, mostly
7: Chad or, or a lot of the different people on the crew mm-hmm. How has that kind of started? I would say, you know, Chad is always on the front lines and he has such a positive and outgoing, um, you know, personality. I feel like you'd agree with me. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he is just high energy and fun. And, you know, the, the message that he spreads in the, the lessons that he teaches everyone is, mm-hmm. is huge. So yeah, a lot of the relationships were built by Chad. You know, he started this when he was in his early twenties, building relationships with sponsors. Um, but everyone on the crew is wonderful. And, our operations manager JB is always working with the different barge companies and mechanics Mm -hmm. and Rachel and Mike are always working with different educators and um, other nonprofits. So we all work together to, you know, make the operation what it is but chad's work is is huge mm-hmm. and it it takes a special kind of person to <laughs> run this kind of organization i'd say
1: yeah the this guy we were talking earlier he doesn't sleep i don't think he uh, yeah no. he does these cleanups all day <laughs> and then he you know in in his free time if he has any or at night he's he's reading emails he's calling people back he's mm-hmm. working connections and just constantly thinking of new ways i think to expand this this operation, which is incredible. So yeah. Um, really applaud you guys and the work you're doing. And I, I, you know, have had so much fun the last few days. Um, if people want to get involved or find you guys online,
7: where can they find you? They can find us. Um, our website is livinglandsandwaters.org. I'll say that slower livinglandsandwaters.org. Um, and then we're on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Living Lands and Waters, Facebook, Twitter. Um, but yeah, you know, another big help for us is people just kind of spreading the word, sharing our message. Um, the more people that know we're out here doing what we do, the more it will drive us to have volunteers and sponsorships mm-hmm. and just the help that we need so we always say that's just another way a huge way to help us is just by sharing our social media posts which sounds silly but it it does a lot of good right.
1: yeah those algorithms are brutal yeah. man <laughs> i say yeah yeah yeah
7: and
1: uh yeah donate if you can donate you know anything mm-hmm. a few bucks uh all the way to yeah if you have an old boat or you know you know somebody that mm-hmm. is able to kind of work those connections right yeah always looking for more sponsors so mm-hmm. and all if right. you're
7: a towboat pilot or <laughs> can run a boat we'd love to work with you <laughs> awesome yeah well thank you so much yeah thank you, Jennifer. you we had such a great time with you <laughs> Thanks.
1: leah was so awesome to answer all of my questions not just for this interview but throughout the time that i was there And she and all of the rest of the crew were just some of the most hardworking and genuine folks you'll ever meet. So I really want to thank them for their hospitality and for inspiring me to continue the work that I'm doing and try to do even more to inspire others to uh, live a more sustainable lifestyle and really think about the everyday items that they use and how they are disposed of. Um, What was really striking to me on this trip was seeing so many things that end up in the waterways that yes some of it could have been just outright pollution people throwing things on the ground or in the water but the majority of the items were just things that people threw in the trash or recycling that got blown away or maybe items that got washed up um, in flooding or some other way so really the the problem with the trash in the rivers and in our environment in general isn't necessarily that people are being careless about um, just tossing stuff out. It's more about the fact that we're using things, items that are so easily transported away and um, accumulated in these areas like where we were picking up trash. So... It really, to me, drove home the idea that we need to be reducing um, the amount of plastic that we use, the amount of styrofoam, because that is the majority of the items that we saw. And and like the college students said, they break down into these tiny little pieces, these microplastics that are almost impossible to collect. And um, those obviously end up, you know, just staying in the water or in the dirt and then getting ingested by animals sometimes by humans Um, it's this vicious cycle that we could avoid if we just stopped using these items altogether and uh, kudos to Living Lands and Waters because in all of their education um, outreach with these students as well as others in the community they really um, drive home the point that using single-use plastic and other throwaway items is really crippling our environment and it's, it's just not sustainable. And I think I mentioned earlier in the show, but the organization actually, uh, when they fed all of these students, they fed them all on reusable plates, reusable silverware cups. So all of that stuff got rewashed. And yeah, it's a lot of work, but it's a priority and they make time for it. And I was very, very impressed that they went to such great lengths to model the behavior that they were teaching these students and doing their part to divert disposables from the waste stream. Because honestly, they probably knew that if they used disposables, they might end up having to pick them up either that year or the next year. So they were just creating more work for themselves in the long run. Um, So... I do want to talk a little bit more about the barge itself. Uh, Really cool setup. Like we've mentioned, it was about five different barges all hooked together and they had uh, everything kind of sectioned off. There's one that has their houseboat where the crew actually lives and they have a classroom and a kitchen um, so everybody that uh, volunteers kind of comes through there, and it's a really cool setup, very intimate. And everywhere you looked on the barge, you could find collections of the different items that they had found. So there were murals made of bottle caps and straws. Um, there was an entire wall of the little toys that they had found. um What was most uh, interesting and disturbing at the same time for me was the baby doll wall (laughs) that had the collection of all of the baby dolls that they found on cleanups. And some of them have had a pretty rough life. But, um, you know, if you want to adopt a baby doll, they also have um, a really great video on their Facebook page that lets you see some of the dolls and adopt one if you're so inclined um, it's very compelling and just one of the many things that make the Bard so eclectic. Um, there are also stickers and signs from all the different places they've been. And uh, it was just a really, really cool atmosphere everywhere you went. Um, a lot of industrial equipment too, of course. And then the John boats that transport all the volunteers to the different pickup sites and to and from the... Uh, the shore are attached to the side of the, the larger barge. So um, like I said, really cool setup, uh, kind of difficult to explain um, it, it, unless you can see it. Everything seemed to run like a well-oiled machine, at least from what I can see. So if you're interested in seeing pictures of barge or the trash pickup, uh, the the trash boat, the trash pile, any of it, um, those photos are all posted to the Sustainably Geeky Facebook page as well as epicallygeeky.com slash sustainably-geeky. I'm so grateful I got to have this experience and to share it with all of you. I hope you've learned something and I hope that maybe you've been inspired to get involved either with this organization or uh, with another one locally, or to even start your own river or local environmental cleanup of some kind. Um, If you would like more information about Living Lands and Waters, of course, you can visit livinglandsandwaters.org or check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And this show, Sustainably Geeky, is available wherever you listen to podcasts, so please subscribe if you haven't already. Give us a five-star rating, a like, a thumbs up, whatever the method of showing your affection is on your particular method of listening to podcasts. It really does help us out. And of course, please share us with your friends if you like the show, and you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Sustainably Geeky. You can find me on all of the social media sites at Het's Gonna Be Me. You can also hear me on our sister podcast, Creatively Geeky, Marginally Geeky, and Epically Geeky, which is our parent show. Thank you for listening and have a great rest of your day.